You're listening to a message from Redemption Community Church, a life-giving church in Westchester County, New York. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or follow our messages online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Um, so yeah, we're going to get into the message. And you know, this year I collected a few memes on, on Facebook. I don't know if you guys are into memes at all, but I thought we'd have a little fun. Anybody want to have a little fun in church today? These are some of my favorites that I thought I'd share with you. So I know we have some new dads this year. We've had a baby boom this past year in our church, and some of you dads are still trying to figure out what fathering is all about. This first slide is going to help you out. Go ahead and put that first slide up there. 33% of your job as a dad is staring at your kids like this until they act right, okay? That's a third of your job right there. How many of you have ever received the death stare from your father like that? Okay? All the new dads. That's about a third of your job. Okay. This next one, if you, if you can't relate to this, you're not a dad. We got the baby cat and the baby kitten and the dad cat. Dad. Hey, dad. Dad, dad. Hey, dad. Come on. Where are the fathers at? How many of you, like, this is your dad? Dad, 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 dad. Let me show you this. I think, yeah. If you don't get that, you're not a father. Okay. Next one, this is a personal favorite of mine. To all the dads who put the dad and dad bod. Happy Father's Day. Yeah. Where are all my people at? Those of you who are carrying a little extra blessing in this region right here, those are my guys. I feel you. Love you. Happy Father's Day, my people. All right, next one. Uh, oh, yeah, this one. Most dads can relate to this. Children. Oh, there's a sleeping dad. Let's go ask it questions. <laughs> How many of you, your kids do this? Like, you couldn't have waited, like, just 10 more minutes? Like, let me finish this nap. Kids do that to me all the time. And then last but not least, I think we can all relate to this one. When your dad tells you a terrible joke, but you still need that $20, come on, what do you do? You're laughing either way. Come on, how many of you love those dad jokes? Hey, let's give it up for all of the dads, all of the men, one last time. You better laugh at your dad's dad jokes. (laughs) Well, today on Father's Day, I want to talk to you about receiving the blessing from your father, your father, your heavenly father's blessing. You know, everybody wants the blessing of their father. Isn't that true? I think especially men, uh, we, we want the blessing of our father. Now, you might not always think of it as blessing, but I think we're all wired to want the love and approval of our father. This starts from a very young age. You know, think about when you were a kid, you wanted your dad to celebrate your school and sports accomplishments. You know, my younger kids especially do this. My, my younger boys, they come home and they want to show me some art project that they did at school. Like, dad, look at this thing that I drew at school today. And I'm like, that's amazing. You know, or I'm walking home with them the other day and one of my one of my boys was like, Dad, my team won at kickball today. I'm like, oh, that's so awesome, you know? I remember my oldest son, Aaron, when he was playing soccer a couple years ago as a kid, he would stop during the soccer game and, like, look at the sideline and, like, pose, like, looking at us, making sure he had our approval. We're like, we see you, son. Just keep playing ball, okay? We, yeah, we're proud of you. <laughs> we laugh at this stuff, but it really doesn't change that much when we become adults, right? We, we want our father, we want our parents, especially we want our dad to be proud of us. We want his approval. Maybe you want your, your father to approve of whatever career choice you make or to celebrate your career accomplishments or to approve of um, when you pick out, you know, somebody you want to marry or get into a relationship, a spouse. Like we want our, it's, it's important, isn't it? We want our father's approval. Growing up, I had a dad who gave me his blessing. Um, I, I was blessed to have that kind of father in my life. 
Uh, my dad, one of, some of my earliest memories, my dad was a pastor, was my dad praying over me and blessing me at the altar on a Sunday night. My dad was there to, to bless me at all the big occasions of life, my high school graduation, my college graduation, my seminary graduation. My, my dad officiated part of my, my wedding. Uh, my dad gave me his blessing uh, to, to move to New York. I remember I was serving as a, as a staff pastor with my dad when we felt called to come up to New York. And, and my dad said, I want to hold you back. I want to give you my blessing. And, and just last night, my dad and I exchanged texts and told each other we loved each other. And I was so blessed to have a dad like that. Everybody wants the blessing of their father. Some of us received it and some of us didn't. Now, here's the interesting thing. One of the most revolutionary things that Jesus came to do is to reveal God as a heavenly father to us. He taught us to pray our father, right? Jesus was showing us like you can relate to God in this personal way. He's not just God up there who's creator of the universe. He's not just God who's the moral judge of, of the world, but he's father God. You can have a relationship with him that way, an intimate relationship and know him as heavenly father. Here's the good news this morning, church. Jesus revealed to us that God is a loving heavenly father who wants to give us his blessing, He's not trying to withhold it. He's not trying to make you jump through hoops. Like, he loves you. He approves of you. He, he accepts you in Christ Jesus. He wants to give you his blessing. Now, as good as that news is, the interesting thing is that we often struggle to relate to God as a heavenly father and to receive that blessing. Why is that? Well, I don't have all the answers, but I have a few ideas today of why we struggle to, to relate to God that way. Uh, the first reason is because we had earthly fathers who weren't perfect. How many of you know that's true? Some of you really struggle to relate to God as a heavenly father because maybe you didn't have a relationship with your dad. Maybe he wasn't present in your life or maybe you have a broken relationship with, with your father. Um, and so for you to think of God as a heavenly father, that, that's really difficult. Some of you had a great relationship with, with your dad, but the problem is your dad is a human being. Come on, my kids see my strengths, but they also see my weaknesses. And so sometimes we kind of project that onto this idea of a heavenly father. Many of us, we have a distorted view of God, maybe because you grew up in a church where um, God always seemed like more of a taskmaster than a heavenly father. Everything was obligation, and, and you always felt like you couldn't do enough to, to please God. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You grew up in that kind of, with that kind of concept of God. Some of you went through a season of life where uh, maybe you went through a hard season and you prayed and God didn't do what you thought he would do. He didn't answer your prayer requests like you thought he would. And so you kind of get the sense that he was an absentee father. Sometimes we struggle with our view of God. Then some of us are just performance-oriented, driven people. You know who you are. And it's hard for you to, 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 to just conceive of this idea that God loves you despite your, your past, no matter what you've done, like you can't perform your way into a relationship with him. And it's just hard for you to even grasp that. You're so used to, to earning everything. And so we have these struggles. Now, let me ask you this question. This will clarify it for us. When you think about God, when you think about God this morning and you think about your life, maybe even the week, the, the week you've had this past week, how do you think God feels about you right now? How does he feel about you right now when he sees you at this point in time in life? Here's the good thing. The amazing thing is that we don't have to go through life wondering how God relates to us, wondering how he feels about us, wondering how he sees us. See, when you place your faith in Jesus and you invite him into your life, the spirit of God comes to live on the inside of you. And one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to testify to your heart that you're a son, that you're a daughter, that you're loved, that you're accepted. The spirit of God, he communicates God's blessing to you. That's the good news. You don't have to go through this life wondering, does God accept me? How does God feel about me? How does God see me? Like, we have the blessing of God if we could just receive it. 
I want to encourage you today. Hey, I want us to look at a passage of scripture from Romans chapter 8. The Apostle Paul writes about this very thing. Famous chapter in the Bible, Romans chapter 8. The Apostle Paul is writing to these Christians living in Rome. And in Romans chapter 8, he talks about life in the Spirit. He kind of does this, this compare and contrast of what it looks like to live life in the flesh according to the sinful nature. And then he shows us what it looks like to live by the Spirit of God. Look at this, Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. For those of you who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. We'll talk about what that means in just a minute. Verse 16, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. So the Apostle Paul says those who are, who are led by God, who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Like the blessing of God is upon your life. And so I want to just give you three thoughts today that I hope will encourage you today. Three, three thoughts on the blessing of God. This is a great time to take out your phone and take some notes. From Romans chapter 8, three thoughts about the blessing of God. Number one, the blessing of God sets you free. Come on, somebody came to church today to hear that. The blessing of God, when it comes to your life, it sets you free. It brings freedom. Look at verse 15. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Now, in the apostle Paul's time, in antiquity, in, in Roman ancient times, slavery was just a fact of life. Like slavery and servitude was just a fact of life. For us, probably the closest context we have is, you know, the terrible history of our country, right, with slavery in American history. But in Paul's time, this was a reality. Now, a slave's only value to his master is his performance, right? The work he can do for his master. A slave lives in constant fear of not living up to his master's expectation. You don't want to be a slave and not have your master's approval, this is a problem, right? That he, the, the constant fear of not having the master's approval. But the apostle Paul says, in Christ Jesus, you're not a slave. You, you're a son. You're a daughter. You have the approval of God. Like, you don't have to live in fear anymore. You've been set free to be a son, to be a daughter. The blessing of God, it comes to you, and it sets you free. It sets you free from your, from your sin. It sets you free from your past. It sets you free from what other people said about you, what other people thought about you. It, it sets you free from your constant striving to win the approval of God. Come on, I want to encourage you this morning. You already have the approval of God. In Christ Jesus, you're already loved. You're already accepted. Man, think about how that changes things when you just know that you already have God's approval. You don't have to strive for it anymore. You don't have to strive for it to always wonder if you're good with God. There's a freedom that comes with the blessing of God. Now, yesterday was Juneteenth. We have this new federal holiday that the president signed into, into law. And I think it's something we can all celebrate, to, to, to celebrate freedom, like freedom that came to the, to the slaves. Like, I think it's a really good turning point in our country. And I'm a history buff. I, I actually learned about Juneteenth years ago. I actually used to teach history in Texas. And so I, I've known about this for years. But Juneteenth actually commemorates uh, the, the occasion when General Gordon Granger, he made a proclamation of freedom to the last remaining slaves in Texas on June 19, 1865. Now imagine what that news was like when it first came to those slaves, right, who had not received this good news yet. The last remaining slaves in, in Texas. Can you imagine, think about that for a moment. Try to put yourself in their place. Can you imagine how that news 
change their lives. Like to hear this proclamation from the general that you are no longer a slave, that you're no longer someone's property. Like from that point on, your status in this country is forever changed. Can you imagine? Like what an amazing, an amazing thought. But here's the fascinating thing. President Abraham Lincoln had already set the slaves free with his Emancipation Proclamation in 1862, almost two and a half years earlier. So General Granger's proclamation simply made what President Lincoln had already done for the slaves a reality. It's fascinating, right? Now, here's the idea. When you place your faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit takes the truth of what God did for you on the cross 2,000 years ago, and he makes it a reality for you. He brings it to life. The Holy Spirit proclaims freedom for you. Like, this is what God secured for you on the cross 2,000 years ago, and now you can live in the reality of this freedom. What a tragedy it would be, church. What a tragedy it would be for us to, to be set free and yet not live in the reality of it. To, to, be, to be set free, but never feeling God's approval. Always striving for, for his acceptance. Still insecure in your relationship with God. I want to say it again. You already have his approval. Come on, I came to church this morning to make an emancipation proclamation. In Christ Jesus, you are free. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. You're free from your past. You're free from your brokenness. You're free from addiction. You're free from what other people said about you, from their expectations. You already have the approval of Father God. Now go live in it. Go live in that newfound freedom that you have. Here's the second thing. We're talking about the blessing of God. Number two, the blessing of God brings you into his family. Not only does it set you free, but it brings you into the family of God. Look at verses 15 through 16. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. The blessing of God, it brings you into, into the family of God. See, in Paul's time, in, in ancient Rome, adoption was actually common. But the purpose was a little bit different than the modern-day purpose of adoption. You know, what's, what we're used to now is when somebody adopts a baby, they're going to bring like a, a baby into their family to, to raise that child a, as their own. That's kind of the main purpose of adoption. Now, in Paul's time, the main reason that someone adopted someone is so that they would have a legal heir. Everything kind of passed through men. It was a very male-dominated culture, just the way it worked. And so if a man didn't have an heir, he might adopt a son. It could be a child, but it could be another grown man to become his legal heir, to receive his inheritance and his estate, and to perpetuate his name. The main reason you wanted an heir is because you wanted your name to live on. Church, we've got to get this this morning. The Apostle Paul says that we've been adopted into the family of God. It's one thing to be forgiven of your sins. It's a whole other thing to be adopted into the family of God. Like, forgiveness is amazing. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the forgiveness of my sins. But Paul's saying the blessing of God's even better than that. Don't just stop at forgiveness. Like, you're, you're brought into the family of God. You're, you're adopted. It results in a, a change in your relationship with God. Sometimes we kind of get into this thing and we relate to God and it's very transactional. You know, like I go to God for forgiveness of my sins. And that's wonderful. But over time, we can kind of get into this relationship where we go to, we go to Jesus for prof professional sin management services. But here's the reality. God wants so much more than just a, tran a transactional relationship with you. He wants a transformational relationship with you. He doesn't want you to just stop short of forgiving you of your sins. He wants to bring you into his family so that you have the spirit of sonship or daughtership 
to include the ladies here today. He, he wants a, a transformation in your life. Look at verse 15. The spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. What does that mean? Well, Abba is Aramaic, which was a local language spoken in Jesus' time. It's Aramaic for daddy. So we might say dad or pops, right? Whatever you call your dad. That intimate kind of personal term that you would use to greet, greet your dad. See, when you place your faith in Jesus and trust him for your salvation, there should be a sense, a sense of inner relief, like a sense of, of, of homecoming, of being welcomed into the family of God. Like, I, I'm a son, I'm a daughter. I just wonder, how many of you experienced that the very first time you placed your faith in Jesus, there was a sense of relief that came over your heart? Anybody would just testify and encourage somebody else this morning? You would say, there was a sense of relief that came over me. Yeah, like, like a homecoming. A few weeks ago, I surprised my mom. I flew home to New Orleans to surprise my mom for Mother's Day, a belated Mother's Day gift. And, uh, you know, my parents aren't getting any younger, so I'm trying to get home more often. And I surprised my mom really good. I went home the week after Mother's Day. I told her she was getting a package. I showed up. I'm like, hello, I'm the package. Here you go. The gift that keeps on giving right here. So I surprised her really good. But let me tell you, something fascinating happens when I go home. Now, I've been away from home. I've lived in New York now going on 14 years this fall. I'm like a New Yorker now. Come on. So I've been up here for like 14 years, and I really haven't lived under my parents' roof since I was 18 years old, since I left to go to Bible college, except for coming home on, on summer breaks. But something amazing happens. When I come home, I walk in that door, and usually the first thing that happens is my parents pull out a seat, and I sit down at the table, and my mom goes in the kitchen, and she starts cooking for me. Come on, how many of you know, ain't nobody loves you like mama loves you? I know it's Father's Day, but let's just tell the truth on Father's Day. Nobody loves you like your mama loves you. <laughs> you know it's true. And my mom, she cooks all that good Louisiana food. She starts making shrimp stew and fried oysters and shrimp. And I always come back home like five pounds heavier than when I first got there. Okay? But here's the beautiful thing. When I go home, I'm not Pastor Jeremy anymore. It doesn't matter how long I've been away. It doesn't matter how many miles I'm apart from my parents. I walk in, and there's a seat for me at the table, and I'm just a son. And here's what I want you to know, church. Father God says to you, it doesn't matter how far you've been away. It doesn't matter how long you've been away. Like, in Christ, you're adopted. I've saved a seat for you at the table. And there's this sense that the Holy Spirit wants to say, welcome home. Welcome home. You're a son. You're a daughter. Look at verse 16. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. We're God's children. Let me just say this. The Holy Spirit is not the voice of condemnation. Come on, some of you need to hear this. This is going to bring healing to somebody's heart today. Maybe you grew up in a church where everything was guilt and condemnation. The voice of the Holy Spirit is not the voice of condemnation. If you're hearing the voice of, of condemnation, that is not the voice of God. That might be the voice of your guilty conscience. That might be the voice of the enemy accusing you. But that is not the voice of God. The job of the Holy Spirit is to testify to your spirit, if you're in Christ, that you are a child of God. That's his job. That's what his voice sounds like. Now... The Holy Spirit won't condemn you, but he will convict you. How many of you know that's true? But even when he convicts you, he convicts you in righteousness. Jesus said that. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, the comforter. He's going to lead you into righteousness. So it's not like this. His voice doesn't sound like this. You're a low-down, dirty sinner. You ought to be ashamed of yourself, what you did to yourself. You're never going to amount to anything. That's not what his voice sounds like. His voice sounds more like this. You're a son. 
You're a daughter, and you don't have to be a slave to sin anymore. You don't have to be a slave to pride. You don't have to be a slave to lust. You don't have to be a slave to anger. You don't have to be a slave to fear. You don't have to be a slave to, to, to bitterness. Do, do you get it? Do you see it? That's what his voice sounds like. Let me tell you, one of the most powerful phrases that comes to me in prayer when I'm wrestling with my own junk, when I hear the voice of God, one of the most powerful phrases that I get every now and then in prayer from the Spirit of God is this, that's not who you are anymore. Jeremy, that's, you're wrestling with that? That's not even who you are anymore. Come on, I just came to church this morning on Father's Day to pronounce this over somebody today. I, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're going through. But there's somebody in here today, you're very well aware of, of, your, of your sins, of your faith. Maybe this past week, you're very well aware of how bad you crashed and burned and failed. Can I just help you today? The Spirit of God would say to you in Christ, that's not even who you are anymore. You're a son. You're a daughter. Walk in the reality of who you are in Christ. I saw somebody post this on social media a couple years ago, and it stuck with me. Religion says I messed up. My dad's going to kill me. Come on, how many of you can relate to that? <laughs> my dad's going to kill me. Come on, I grew up in a house where my dad prayed for me, but he also spanked my butt. I know some of y'all are really progressive, and you probably think that's child abuse. I'm just saying, I had an old-fashioned raising, you know. My parents raised me up. My dad used to say to me, son, this is going to hurt you more than it hurts me. And I used to think, can we flip this thing around and let me beat the snot out of you? <laughs> Man, I'm going to tell you what, my parents, they, they, put, they put the fear of God in this, that's, that's for sure. I messed up. My, my, dad, my dad's going to kill me. That's relating to God out of fear, out of condemnation. But here's what sonship says. Here's what daughtership says. Sonship says, I messed up. I need to go call my dad. See, that's, that's relating to God out of grace, out of adoption. Come on, you know, I want to have that kind of relationship with my kids. Like, I, I discipline my kids. I try to teach my kids what's right. They know they're going to get in trouble every now and then. But I want my boys to know, like, I'm a, I'm a safe place. When you're really in trouble in life, I want to be the first phone call that you can make, that you can run home to your father. Come on, church, I want you to know this today. When you've messed up, you can run to your father. He's the father God who runs out to meet you. He's the God who runs out to meet the prodigal sons. Come on. He specializes in prodigal sons. That's what he does. And so this is what God wants for us, to know that we've been adopted into his family. Here's the third thing, the blessing of God. The blessing of God. This is what happens when you're in Christ. The blessing of God comes to you. Number three, the blessing of God gives you an inheritance. Come on, somebody say inheritance. Look at verse 17 from the New Living Translation. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Like the blessing of God comes to you and you have an inheritance. You're an heir of the glory of God. Now, adoption speaks to relationship. When you've been adopted, it changes your relationship, right? Inheritance speaks to position. See, in ancient times, a son uh, couldn't receive his inheritance until he came of age. A son who was still immature, a son who was still young, really didn't have any more rights than a servant or a slave until he came of age and he was in position to receive those rights, to receive his inheritance. Here's the idea, church. Before you came to Christ, you were an outsider looking in. But by the grace of God, you're now positioned in Christ for an inheritance. Your position, you're in Christ. What's your position? You're in Christ. And you're positioned for an inheritance. You receive all of the blessings, all of the promises of God. Paul put it this way in another chapter in Romans. He said, for the wages of sin is death. Like, that's what you deserve. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's your inheritance now. The other one's what you deserved in your sins. But in Christ Jesus, you've come into an, an inheritance. 
All right, let me give you this analogy. How many of you fly? Anybody in here, you fly? Maybe you fly regularly. You used to fly before COVID. No, nobody's hands are going up. We're like, what was it like to fly before COVID? Come on. We're all going on vacation this summer. I bless you. We're going to go to the Caribbean. We're going to go to Florida. We're going to get on the plane. We're going to go to really fun places, okay? Remember, you know, you ever been on a plane before and you're, you know, you're 30,000 feet up and you're cruising, you're eating a snack, you're drinking a cold drink, and, and you're watching some movie or some show, and for just a few minutes, you totally forget you're on the plane. You ever been there? And then you hit a few bumps, a little turbulence, and then you're reminded that you're on the plane. Okay, now I'm asking you a question. This isn't a trick question. Where were you the whole time? Even though you were sucked into your show, even though you were distracted, where were you the whole time? It's not a trick question. You were, you were on the plane, okay? The fact that you got distracted, the, fa- the fact that you forgot where you were for a moment didn't change where you were, right? Church, let me help you this morning because sometimes in our spiritual walk, we get distracted. Sometimes in our walk with God, we drift away from him. Sometimes we forget who we are. We sin. We mess up. We feel far away from God. But I want to tell you one thing really just to help you encourage you this morning. That doesn't change your position in Christ on your good days, on your bad days, whether you're succeeding, whether you're failing. Where have you been the whole time? You are in Christ. You're positioned in him. You're seated in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. That's what Paul says. That's who you are. That's your position. Because we're tempted to believe that God loves us more on the good days and he loves us less on the bad days. But here's the reality. There's nothing that you can do to make him love you anymore. There's nothing that you can do to make him love you any less. He loves you as a father in your ear in Christ. When he looks at you, he sees you in Christ. Now, Paul goes on to say this in verse 17. He says, but if we share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. Paul gives us a little dose of reality. He says, yes, you're a son. Yes, you've been adopted. Yes, you've been set free. But I don't want you to get the idea that that means you're not going to have any problems in life or, or, or that God didn't hold up his end of the bargain. How many of you have walked with Jesus long enough to discover that when you became a Christian, all of your problems didn't suddenly go away? Anybody with me? In fact, maybe you got some new problems, this spiritual warfare, you know, enemies coming at you. New and better problems. Here's what Paul says. If we share in his glory, we must also share in, in his suffering. See, Paul tells us that, that we're going to experience some suffering in this world just like Jesus did. How many of you know that Jesus, even though he walked close to God, had this intimate father-son relationship with Father God? Jesus experienced suffering. He even went to the cross. But come on, here's the good news. We know what Father God ultimately did for Jesus. Resurrected him, glorified him. Here's the point, church. Paul's telling us that that God is even going to redeem our suffering to reveal his glory. When you're going through difficult seasons, maybe you're in a difficult season right now, it's not that he's an absentee father. It's that he's the God who's able to work all things together for your good. He's the redemptive God who's working in your life, who even the painful seasons are not wasted. That's who he is. So don't think that just because you're going through a difficult time, God didn't hold up his end of the bargain. He's a redemptive God. He's a redemptive God, and you can hold on to that. And so today on Father's Day, I want to remind you that Jesus revealed God to us as a loving, heavenly Father, that we can know him. We can know him that way. And he's given us his spirit to live within us, to testify to our hearts that we're God's children. Listen to me, church. He's blessed each one of us in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, you are 
approved. In Christ Jesus, you are loved. In Christ Jesus, you are accepted. In Christ Jesus, you are blessed. In Christ Jesus, you have been brought into the family of God. In Christ Jesus, you are a son. You are a daughter. That's who you are. Now go live in the reality of it. That's what he wants for you, to live in the reality of it. You know, a few weeks ago, my pastor, Pastor Jeff, was here, and he gave a powerful message. If you weren't here, you need to go back on YouTube or go to our website and watch it. But he shared about how, how so many people have never been blessed. And so many people are just longing for someone to bless them. And he told a story about when he was preaching at a pastor's conference in Uganda. And he had a, he had a translator. And he was modeling what it looks like to bless someone. And even as he was giving an example and his interpreter was interpreting, he began to give, to model what it looks like to be blessed. And his interpreter began to weep because nobody had ever blessed him before. And he stopped and blessed him and he began to bless all, all of those, those pastors. And it just stuck with me. It's just been in my spirit for a few weeks now to know and to wonder how many people in this room, how many people online have never been blessed before? never been blessed before. I know that we have some men in here today. Come on, men. It's, it's your day. I know we have some men in here today. Maybe you never received the blessing of, of your father. So many people have never been blessed. Or maybe you haven't had a blessing in a long time. On this Father's Day, I want to do something special for you. Yeah, we've got a gift for you on the way out. Yes, we got some breakfast for you. we got, we got some bacon for you. But I want to bless you today as your, as your pastor. Can I, can I do that for you today? I want to invite you to stand up. And I want to ask all the men if you're comfortable today, just to come right up here along the front. Stand right here. In Church Online, I wish you were with us today, but I know you're with us in spirit. Men, I want you just to come stand up right across the front, right up here. If you're comfortable, if it's your first time and you're new, just come right up. Yeah, just come right up close. If you're a first-time guest today, don't be shy. Just come up here and act like you've been here forever. We're going to pray a blessing over all the men, and I'm going to ask the ladies to help me out. And uh, in just a minute, we're going to sing our final song beautiful song that really puts the message into practice. We're going to sing out, sing out this, this message today in song, and I want to invite you to stay up because I want to come, if you'd like to, just lay a hand on you and bless you today. But I want to pray a prayer of blessing over all of our, our men today, and I want our ladies to help me. You know, men, some of you, um, you had hurtful words spoken over you, maybe as a young person. Maybe you had curses spoken over you. Maybe you, maybe you had a dad or you had a significant person in your life who didn't speak blessing over you, but you, you never felt good enough for them. Some of you, maybe you, you never felt like you had your father's approval. Maybe you've experienced that. You never felt like you were, you were good enough. Come on, I want you to know today in Christ Jesus, God's pronouncement over you is, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. This is my son in whom I am, I am well pleased. Maybe some of you had a good relationship with your dad, but you struggle to believe that God loves you just as you are. I know how we are as men. I know how wired we are. I know the pressures that are on us to perform. Everything we do, it always feels like performance. And here's what I want you to know today. God is wanting to give you rest today. He wants you to know there's nothing that you could do. You can't perform your way into his love. There's nothing that you could ever do to make him love you anymore. There's nothing you could ever do to make him love you any less. He receives you as you are today. You need to know that today. You need to know that today. Maybe some of you would say, well, Pastor Jimmy, you don't know, you don't know how I've messed up. You don't know the sins I'm struggling with right now. You don't know the temptations I I'm facing right now. I said it before, and I'll say it again. He's the God who specializes in prodigals. He runs out to receive the lost sons and welcome them home. And here's the reality. We're all lost sons, but except for the grace of God in our lives. Amen? And he welcomes you home today. That's his blessing over your life. And so I want to pray over you this morning. I want to bless you. If you just bow your head and 
Ladies, maybe you want to stretch your hand toward our men today. We're going to bless you today in just a moment. But I don't want to bless all of our men, all of our men today. Father, we thank you for our men today. We thank you for the husbands, the fathers, the sons, the brothers, the friends. And Lord, today we bless them. We bless them today. God, we thank you that you love these men, that you see these men. We thank you that in Christ Jesus, your pronouncement over every man today is, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. In Christ, you are loved, men. In Christ, you are blessed. You're received. You're accepted. You're approved. There's nothing that you have to do today. You have the approval of Father God today, and I bless you today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And now I want to pray something else with you. And I just wonder if, if some of you, this might be the desire of your heart. Here's the truth, man. Look at me for a minute, men. And ladies, this is for you too. God doesn't want us just to receive his blessing, but he wants to put his heart to bless on the inside of us. Come on, how many of you know that his heart is to bless? His heart is to bless for God so loved the world that he sent his one only son. And so he wants to put his heart on the inside of us. Men, I want that for you first. You're leading the way today. Ladies, here's the thing. You can get the Father's heart as well. Come on, he wants to put his heart on the inside of you and make you someone who can bless others. Make you someone who can bless others. Come on, we got some young men in this room today. You're not fathers, but let me just tell you, young men, God wants to put his heart on the inside of you so that you can become a spiritual father. You can begin to influence people, influence the younger men. Come on, we're living in a broken world right now. We're living in a world that's hurting. We're living in a world where people are speaking curses over each other every day on social media. People tearing each other down. And what this world needs is a few men who have the authority of compassion. The authority of compassion to speak blessing over people to speak wholeness over people, to speak words of healing over people, not men who are insecure, who have to speak words to defend themselves or to make themselves feel better, but men who are secure in the blessing of Father God, who are filled with his blessing and can bless others. Come on. Come on. That's what we need. We need some men like that. And we need some spiritual mothers in the house. We need some spiritual mothers who can get the heart of Father God and begin to speak healing over others, speak life over others. So if that's you, would you just lift your hands today? We're going to just pray a simple prayer if you want that, and just say, God, put your heart inside of me. Come on, every person who wants that. Father, we thank you that, you're, that you want to bless, that you're a God who wants to bless. Your heart is to bless. And so, Lord, today we simply say, put your heart on the inside of me. Come on, if that's your prayer, Jesus, put your heart inside of me. Pray that with me. Father God, put your heart to bless inside of me. Right now, God, on this sacred day, on this special day, put your heart on the inside of these men, on the inside of these ladies today, your heart to bless. Make us a church that can bless others. Make us men and women who can bless others. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. We hope you can listen or join us next week.